Blog Talk Radio. Hey, podcast listener. Are you a hacker, techie, nerd, investor, founder, or ever wanted to get into this world? Join TechCrunch for its annual Disrupt Conference in San Francisco, featuring the luminaries who aren't only making the rules in technology, but changing the game. Get a first look at startups disrupting machine learning, mobility, healthcare, robotics, and more, and hear from the world's leading investors and innovators. Visit TechCrunch.com and use promo code SPREAKER. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R for an exclusive discount. Yeah, yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help you things understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without work is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the kitchen five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach, huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Workbook 
of books and scripts for motivational press can be found at many bookstores as well as her site. It concentrates on story, both book and script. In addition, as a forensic nurse, she consults with writers, producers, and attorneys with medical forensic investigation and poison questions. That's interesting. The Book of Poisons helps writers with their questions, as does the book, The Forensic Nurse. More can be seen at her website, MissSaritaStevens.com, and we'll talk about that a little more. And also on IMDb, Sarita D. Stevens. And again, Miss Stevens, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I look forward to an interesting conversation. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, Ms. Stevens, kind of tell us a little bit, at least I want to know, I'm nosy. What made you decide to get into the medical profession to begin with? Well, um, when I was growing up, um, you're probably too young to remember this, there was a young adult book series, um, um, Cherry Ames, um, and she was a nurse-type Nancy Drew. She would solve crimes while taking care of the patients. Sherry Ames senior nurse, Sherry Ames clinic nurse, blah, 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 blah. And that's what I wanted to do. Of course, I found out when I got into nursing that that wasn't what we really did at that time. And um, about 1994, I stumbled on somebody that had a handle, Sleuth RN. So I asked her what it meant, and I found out about the new field of forensic nursing and uh, decided to pursue it and learn about it. Um, And as a forensic nurse, we do a lot of different things. Uh, We help police and attorneys and DAs um, with uh, investigating their medical-oriented crimes. Um, most, Most of us do sexual assault investigations when somebody's been raped and, and or, as well as domestic violence, elder abuse, child abuse. Uh, many of us work in the ER, but a lot of us work independently, but we also do death investigations. Um, some work as coroners in, in smaller counties. Um, there are actually only a very few uh, forensic pathologists that can qualify for um, doing this. And most doctors and very few nurses know how to collect evidence. So, and we also do arson investigations, motor vehicle ring, um, regressions, understanding like who was driving really, you know, was somebody trying to commit suicide um, by the pressure of the pedal on the, on the foot, different things like that. Um, I also work as a legal nurse consultant, and I recently was able to help um, a case where they tried to say that the woman had received a black eye by hitting her head against the wall when, in fact, um, first of all, it was the left side that they were claiming, but it was on the right side that her black eye, and black eyes mainly occurred from blunt force trauma, which proved that the, one of the guys had actually hit her. So I was able to help them win the case with that. Wow. Um, and yeah. we are taught to be they suspicious do. about everything. <laughs> well, I could understand why, because everybody's almost a suspect until proven innocent. Well, yeah. But, you know, as I told the court that day, is that you don't listen to what the victim said. You listen to what the evidence is going to tell you. Hmm. That's powerful stuff right there. It is. It is. It, we are not advocates necessarily for the victim although we are in a way, but we're more advocates for justice and truth. 
do detectives uh, utilize uh, forensic nurses on every case, or does it just not on every case? And there is still, um, we are still a growing area, um, and there are a lot of old boy detectives, and um, you know, you know, old boy doctors who don't believe that nurses have any jurisdiction or any competence there. That we should go back to our bedpans. Um, and uh, it's it's been a difficult struggle. We're becoming more and more acknowledged. Um, some of us even work in a psychiatric setting um, because there is a between someone who is legally insane and someone who is really in, who is insane medically as far as being able to stand trial. So we help the differentiation okay. of that. Explain, explain explain that a little bit, Ms. Stevens. Well. Um, I actually haven't worked in the psychiatric division, but I believe the difference is when someone claims he's insane, it's a question of did he know right from wrong at the time he committed the crime. And and medically insane, is he hearing voices? Is he been sociopathic, schizophrenic all his life? Has he been on medication? That sort of stuff. That's a medical insanity, and he might still and, – and somebody like that still might be able to um, – go to trial um although you know it depends i guess on the jury and everything like that but um right. a lot of people will say well um i was insane when when i did that and so you have to be able to prove intention and prove that he really knew the difference between right and wrong hmm. yeah i guess that's subjected to like you said the people that's reviewing the evidence Right, right. Question. Uh, yes. Uh, what type of evidence did you look for when uh, victims come in the emergency room? Oh, before that, before that, Ms. Stevens, um, I had a question myself, and I was thinking about sure. I was thinking about your profe- your profession. Does does it fall more into science or more into the medical realm, or is it? Well, it, the word forensic means legal, so. Um, you can have a forensic accountant who finds hidden assets, uh, often used in big divorce cases or mob cases or whatever. You can find uh, a forensic odontologist can tell us um, about whether the bite mark was a human mark or an animal mark, um, whether or not the person had a crown or something like that, you know, type of teething. Um, you can have a forensic veterinarian who can tell a difference between the dog hairs on the victim's body. You know, um, as um, when somebody comes into the ER, the nurses are usually the first person to see the victim, and the body of ev- the body is the site of the evidence. Um, and many doctors do not understand also the difference between psychological injury versus physical injury when somebody's been raped, for instance. And um, uh, another example would be one of my friends um, did a very um, popular movie, um, and but he insisted on using plastic to take the evidence. And I said that was wrong because plastic degrades the the evidence usually. So they usually put it in paper bags, but the director didn't want to put it in paper bags because he wanted it to be seen by the pub by the viewing audience. So. You know things like you know it's called the CSI effect. We don't, we can't get DNA for everything, and we can't get DNA done in an hour's time. 
um, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, in fact, there's many, many rape cases that are piled up and are not investigated by the state um, that have never been processed the way they should be. And that's usually the lack of funds. Uh, oh, okay. So it's not the lack. Well, I guess it could be both. Well, you know, if, if the DA feels there's not, not a really strong case there, you know, right, that's okay. one reason they might not pursue it. Another reason why, you know, um, if the if the victim, you know, is hesitant about coming to court, which many victims are because they're afraid of uh, recriminations um, or, or how people are going to look at them. Uh, and there's... Um, also, you know, they, they're just they're just very behind, even with the rape cases that are really um, valid. Um, uh, and for instance, you know, if somebody, God forbid, is raped, um, you know, the first instinct is that you want to go um, wash yourself off and change clothes. Um, that's a bad idea because there's going to be evidence on the clothes um, and on your body even that might be lost if you do that, if, even if you wait a few days. Um, for instance, if you wake up in the morning in a strange place and you think you might have been raped from a drug drink, you know, it's hard. You know, some people take a couple days and say, oh, my God, this really did happen to me. You need to get to the ER immediately and ask for a forensic nurse. Ask for a sexual assault rape examiner. Um, um, many, many hospitals still do not have them on staff. Um, there are a lot of people that it's called a SANE sexual assault nurse examiner or a SART sexual assault response team um, that still are not employed. Um, and we are not paid very much either for the most part because it's still, um, you know, rapes don't occur in nine to five and a rape, a good rape exam might take three to four hours, and the hospital administrator is saying, I'm not going to pay overtime, you know, um, and the other nurses um, with you will say, you know, you're taking all the time with the one patient. We have six patients waiting in the waiting room. You understand what I'm saying? So wow. it's, it's, right. it's still, we, we still have an uphill battle doing it. Yeah, it still boils down to a budget thing. They don't want to spend It boils down to money, uh, yeah. money, and it boils down to uh, people understanding the validity. Um, and, for instance, you know, um, we find things like paint chips on clothing that would indicate which car was hit, was hit, hit the patient. Um, we find um, if, if, if you say the, the, the rapist threw me down on the grass, um, where's the grass stains on your clothing? Where? You know, we have to, it, again, the evidence has to tell us what's really going on. And a lot of times it's a he said, she said, too, as well. So you have to have, be able to see what, what, you're really, what is really going on here. Um, one of my, I, I did write the book, The Forensic Nurse, um, which I think there are still some copies available online. I'm not sure. Um, you know, how the different areas that we work in and how we proceed. Um, that's the same reason why I wrote the Poison book was because as a nurse and a mystery writer, friends were always asked, what does this mean? What does that mean? How does this work? And I realized there was nothing in plain English. Uh, everything was in medicalese, you know, medical terminology. So I wrote the book of Poisons right. for writers, basically, to understand, you know, 
what the effects were, what they needed to look for, how they would hide it for their victims and patient, you know, and storylines. And it's been used by quite a few producers and um, publishers and writers, etc. Yeah, I've always been interested in, in how forensic works, you know, when they have car exams. And, you know, there's supposed to be one driver in the car, and then you find mm-hmm. hairs from other passengers in, in the carpet and so on and so forth. Right, that exactly. Important. That's one of the things, you know, that we can uh, help with identification. You know, people and, will say, well, was he safe. was driving, but why is the seatbelt mark on your side, you know? It would seem like you know, law see, enforcement would pay pay you guys more than in what you say and they do because of the service that you provide. You make uh-huh. their work a little bit easier for them. We try to. We try to, but again, in well in I just finished a pilot which um ha, right now has a shopping agreement with a major uh producer, but I'm not liberty to say until we actually um sell it, but it she she, she goes to a small southern town and it's still the old boy network that she has to fight, as well as the doctors in the hospital. Wow. Um, you know, yeah, a doctor will, I mean, yes, doctors have to save the patient's life, but they don't have to cut right through the bullet hole because that can show how close the the, the um, attack attacker was, things like that, you know. They don't notice things. They don't notice the some of the internal injuries that might be seen um, that the doctor might not overlook. So, wow. Yeah, I can understand but, that. Cause, yeah, but we are we are still we're 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 growing. You know, there's more of us every day. Well, I imagine so, because there's more crime going on every day, and then there's a loss of, uh, like you said, funding, and then, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, bottle, there's a bottleneck right there, because your services are definitely... Very much so. And I'm sure you Very much so, because it seems like if you're able to utilize your services more, they can save money on the other end. Yes, yeah, well, tell, us, tell, tell it to the people that are funding things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get good. <laughs> hey, yeah, look, that's what we—that's what we're doing now. We talked about the need and the lack of, and you know, and I'm, th- that rape thing is is a big issue with us because I've also published uh, the, the Bridget Harris story, which talks about rape, and I always say that you know the pedophiles are given a jail sentence, and right. the rape victim given a life sentence. Right, exactly. Exactly. But uh it's it's hard it's hard to change people's minds, you know. Right, very hard to change people's yeah. minds. Um and, and you have to prove and show them that you have the ability. Uh, you know, and many even people that, are not willing. Even with that, even with that, right. they still don't want to accept it if it's not, you know, beneficial to them in some kind of way. Right, right, exactly. Um, I mean, um, and a lot of police have what's called tunnel vision, where they already know, quote unquote, that this person uh, self-inflicted wounds, when in fact evidence is all over the place that they weren't self-inflicted. Hear of anything else? 
because they want to have their case closed. My way or no way at Tunnel Vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, well, there was a case point? I helped what's in Florida. They're similar. I was, I was going to ask, what's the point of closing the case if it's not, you know, correct? You find that's that why you find so many people. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, they 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 want to have brownie points. It's brownie points. You know, well, they're looking to get the wrong guy. Right. Well, you know, some of them don't care as long as they're getting their brownie points. So they screw up somebody else's life because they're trying to hurry up and close the case and and, and do a half so what you know what job. Right, exactly, uh, exactly. Or maybe they're pressured by somebody else. In in the case I was working on in Florida, um, we think there was mob uh, connection in forcing the case to be um, overlooked, the evidence to be overlooked, and later. Hidden or destroyed or disappeared. So, so what do you do with the uh, the prisons? How do you help them? Well, um, they're supposed to be um, forensic nurses in the prisons too. Again, um, to help decide. Well, mainly that it's the um, psychiatric forensic psychiatric wards, where somebody who is uh, who claims to be insane is you know is sent there rather than to to prison until they feel that they are able to stand trial and so it's a matter of as nurses we see things on a day to day basis um, and and can look at patterns where the doctor may see you know, fifteen minutes um, every three days or something like that. So we are the ones that can really tell what's going on and what's not going on. You know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Not well, quite, oh, but I'm trying. Okay. But I'm trying to get there. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, in a forensic psych ward, um, uh, well, the guy that uh, that tried to assassinate um, um, John—I forget his last name. Anyway. He claimed that he was insane, and they kept they they would keep him in the ward, um, locked up until such time as they either felt that he was no longer a danger to society, or that he was um, um, no longer insane. He could stand trial. Um, what, and again, the definition. Do you guys do you guys give him a serious uh, a test? I mean, I mean, how do you test them to determine if they're insane or if they're faking? Well, mostly it's like little, small little slip-ups. I don't know that they think MMPI, the Minnesota Multi-Personality Testing, is, is one way you can do it. But there's several different tests that you can give to see the level of violence. But that doesn't always mean that they are not insane. Um, again, there's a legal definition of insanity versus a definite, versus, you know, somebody who is considered really insane, schizophrenic and stuff like that. And it's just a matter of understanding what what that level is. Okay, I was playing with your word forensic and exchanging it with legal. Uh huh. Yeah. 
it means it means anything it means anything you do with the legal so forensic medicine is is a little bit different forensic pathology just because somebody's had an autopsy doesn't mean it was a forensic autopsy um because people who are medical examiners and are and are um geared to that are are looking for different types of things than just an autopsy in a hospital um, to say, oh, well, he died of a heart attack. You know, oh, well, right. you know, he died of this and that and that. Um, they have to understand what the cause of death is. Um, if you died from a, um, a heart attack, okay, what caused that? Was it maybe the infection you had two years ago that after the traffic accident um, that caused your death? and cause your heart to enlarge or whatever. I'm just throwing out things not necessarily medically accurate, but I'm saying then then if you source it back, then actually the accident would really be the cause original cause of death. Because it caused so the infection say, which caused which caused your heart to fail. So is that to say that when they utilize your services is is the the, the death or whatever it is is questionable to some extent? Right. Well, yeah. Um, or just to, death clarity, either, just to get clarity. Right. Right. Well, de- there's, there's death can be homicide, um, or 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 um, accidental, or you know natural, or unidentified, when they're not really sure where it falls. Right. Okay. Well, for instance, you you know as. If if I was working with with the coroner's office as a deputy coroner and I would go into a, a house where they thought there was foul play and I found bottles of digitalis, which is a medication for heart, um, in the guy's cabinet, I would say let's get them his medical records and find out if this really was a heart attack or if indeed this was foul play. That's some interesting work. It is. It is. Just about all the TV shows you see, they they utilize some type of uh, forensic expert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't utilize us enough. No, maybe it's not sensational enough or too graphic, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be. That could be. But but you can do it in a way that it's not as graphic visually. So what are some of the most exciting things that, that you've had to work on? Well, you mean in my nursing or in my forensic nursing or in books or what are you talking what do you mean? You're talking about the nursing aspect. How about, yes. Okay. So, um as I mentioned as a legal nurse, um just recently, um I had gone over the case and helped to identify where they had buffed or altered the chart. From the hospital, where their where their notes weren't in, in, incorrect and inaccurate, where they had potentially given drugs that would have um, murdered um, this this patient, if they had all given them at the same time as they claim, where there were dates that were inconsistent with with what had happened, um, as well as I said by showing that that she did have a black eye. Um, as a result of blunt force trauma rather than 
on the right side without hitting your head on the left side. So that was that was one case. Um, another case was, um, as I said, down in Florida, where I was helping with the case. Um, there was DNA evidence, um, but the police, which we a small town police, that we feel were influenced by um, the husband who has mob connections, um, decided this is how it's going to be and this is what we're seeing. And when we they arrested the young woman. Um, claiming that there was a murder botched suicide and uh you know and and the dna evidence later disappeared um except for what the family had managed to grab um and we're still trying to help that case right now um uh little things like that you know it's just a matter again of understanding um being suspicious and looking at what what's really going around and not taking people's word for everything. Well, do do the doctors see you as an asset, or do they see you as a hindrance? Um, sometimes a bit of both. If if they're modern, <laughs> they will see us as an asset. Um, but some doctors get upset that we are taking their patients away from them, because with you know Medicare costs and stuff like that, you know I should have the right to charge for this patient's. Um, rape exam when he might do just a cursory thing and might not even look in the coposcope um, and see injuries, might not even really talk to the patient and hear the patient, um, might explain to the patient in medical terms. Um, one of the things we as nurses do is we interpret what the doctor is saying in medical ease in plain English for the patient to understand, you know. Um, yeah, so, again, it, it all depends on, on how well, and, and the doctor often, as I said, they want to save lives. Of course they do. So do we. But we also want to try and preserve the evidence and keep it from contamination and keep it so that there's a chain of custody that can be used later on when, if this goes to court. Um, right. So it, it, it just depends on, on where you are, what hospital you're working with, that sort of thing. And as I said, there are many independent sexual assault nurses that will be on call for with the police department. Um, but most rapes don't happen nine to five. So, you know, you can have worked a, a full shift in the ER and 10 minutes later come home and or ten, you start to fall asleep and you get a call um, at 2 a.m. in the morning that there's been a rape and you need to go over back to the hospital. You know, it's it's a matter of justice and priorities. Right. Right. Question here. Um, um, I know we had mentioned, you had talked a little bit about you helping writers and producers and stuff with their material. Yes, uh-huh. I mean, do they present you uh, with their script and you read through it and see what's accurate or not and get back to them with some type of rewrite? Or I often do, right yes. Uh-huh. Yes, I often okay. do. I very often do. Um, in fact, I was recently on um, Discovery Channel, um, a show called True Investigations, and I helped them uh, analyze about a serial poisoner in the 1940s, I think, Graham Young. He was poisoning people with thallium, which really isn't used so much these days, but was very popular then. 
So, um, and um, I've seen I've seen my book of poisons on the desk as a prop in SVU shows and stuff like that. So I know that many many uh, producers and writers um, have used the the book. That was some great product placement. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you ask for it, or they just did it? No, they just did it. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. That's even better. Even better, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's even better. So I mean, just you know, and 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 I I have had people asking me, well, one one woman, it was it was it was um, April Fool's Day asked me about something, and I think she was fooling. Well, I know something how how effective something was as far as fooling her husband. Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> getting rid of her husband. Hopefully, um, uh, she was fooling me. Um, but in the book itself, we things very um, vague as far as what what's really needed as far as poisoning, because first of all, everybody reacts differently to poisons. It depends on their age, their weight, other physical conditions, what their history is, things like that. So, one person's poison cannot maybe won't affect the other person as as much. <laughs> I'm kind of laughing, Miss Stevens, because uh, on my actor side, I've been on How to Get Away with Murder a few times. Oh, really? Oh, I love the show. So, I love that show. So now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the uh, the book of poison, and then I'm thinking about what you're telling me about the lady that <laughs> she was trying mm-hmm. to get in your brain to get to find right, out. Right, right, right. Well, they 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 um they hit the guy with a with a statue, I think, if I remember. Uh, the the was it the ex husband the husband with a statue didn't they do um, so that wasn't really for well that wasn't really um, the poison but they could have used it for something else right and you hear so many stories uh, on the internet where some people poison their their mates over over a time period mm-hmm. with little doses. Mm-hmm. Sure, that that can happen again. Um, with something like arsenic, um, the um, one of the causes is one of the side effects is nausea, vomiting, gastric distress. Somebody can go to the doctor and feel like something's happening to them when, in fact, they're really slowly being poisoned. Wow. wow. Um, the the poisoner Graham Young that I, I mentioned, he would keep a di- he kept a diary of how long it took and how how much he needed for certain effects to occur. Is that the the, the serial poisoner? He was a serial poisoner, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to understand. That was a serial yeah, poisoner yeah. that kept a diary. Golly. Yeah. So, wow. Well, many of them are proud of what they're doing, you know, and, and they want to be able to show it off or, or, or you know, they want acknowledgement. Guy probably was a super intelligent guy that just crossed over. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he was. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Wow. Sad part is it's a lot of them out there. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. So, 
So how well do you get along with attorneys? Oh, excellent. They call they call on you to to help um clear their that Well, well usually so. if it's say a, a medical malpractice case or even say a um uh an injury uh, a motor vehicle accident, you know, type, you know, you can tell like who who was who was driving, who wasn't driving. Um, and a lot of different things that, that nurses can help with legal nurse. Um, I helped um, one case with, about asbestos poisoning. You know, people, somebody working on the docks. Right. Asbestos. That took out a lot of people. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of a lot of dock workers. Um, you know. A lot of people can get it, and and they don't realize it. Well, what do you do when uh, I know in, in real estate? I hear a lot of people talking about uh, uh, mold in their bathrooms and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, mold. Uh, yeah, mold. Uh, mold can can really, um, you know, get people very very ill. Um, and again. It just depends on how somebody can react to something totally different. It cannot affect somebody. And that depends on the person's uh, body chemistry. It depends on the person and 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 how strong their immune system is. Um, you know what their history is. Um, if if you have asthma or something like that, you're going to react a lot differently, and it's going to be um, more harmful for you than. Um, you know, than if you are healthy and a runner and stuff like that. So what's next in store for Ms. Stevens? What's next in store for you? Well, what's next in store? Um, as far as my own writing, um, I am just, um, I have an award-winning short about domestic violence, um, and I am uh, writing it into a book um, and script for um, my agent loves it once, and then I have another one um, that I am working on with a director, Sean McNamara, another project. Um, and um, I do true crime too. Whatever you know, basically I do whatever my agent gets me, <laughs> except for except for guts and gore, horror, <laughs> because most of that doesn't really have much of a uh, a storyline to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's lots of stories out there. I mean, you'd be surprised at all the cases I have ready in case for for if and when we go to um, network for for our story. Sure, I can imagine you get new material every day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we definitely do. But you know, and and I I love mentoring other other writers too. I often help just read them and do doctoring for them and stuff like that. You know, and and it does, it does, yeah, it does, it does take a lot of time. But you know, I you know, it you know so much. What a lot of writers don't realize. Is so much of it is character and the character development. It's not that she has a blonde ponytail and blue eyes. 
is that she's wearing press jeans and um, um, designer shoes. That tells you more about the person than a blonde ponytail and blue eyes. It's attitude, and, and it's the characters that make the story and the plot, their desires, their needs, their journey, not a beat-by-beat plot. And she went here, and she went there, and she went there. Understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Um, well, they tell often, me something, too. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I had a, no had a brain for it. I had a brain go for ahead, it, go they say. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of these crime stories, they come in there and there's a murder in the room and they've, they've totally cleaned the room and, uh, like, there's blood splatter uh, on the wall that's like... Well, blood splatter analysis is, is, is another good, one of the classes I took in that you need to understand. It, it, it'll tell you whether it was an artery cut or a vein, how far away the person was when they were, when they were hit, um, that sort of thing. Um, you know, were they alive when they went? You know, if there's not a lot of a lot of blood splatter, then um, then in fact that they were probably already dead when um, uh, when when the patient when the body was there. And you tell that by the splatter or by the force from the from the. From the victim to the wall, the distance? Yeah, well, yes, yeah. The blood that's pulled around, the size of the droplets, um, you know, the wall or the carpet, you know, where the body is found in uh, relationship to the the blood splatter. I mean, if there's no blood splatter there and and their necklace cut open or something like that, um, again, it's a matter of, Understanding what happened, how was the body moved, was it positioned? These things are important. Where were they? Where was he? Victimology. Where was he? Last twenty-four hours. Right. Yeah, because I know sometimes producers, man, they leave 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 gaps in that stuff. What is uh, what is that chemical they use to to um, show luminol? what blood used to be? That luminol. luminol. Is, is that something that's used a lot? Oh, that's used a lot. Yes. That's used a lot, yes. And they also have some other things that they're using now, too. And I, I forget the name of it right now. Yeah, I was always kind of curious about that stuff because you see stuff like on a lot of these gangster movies and stuff and where they send in these professional cleaners to go in there and clean the room and do all that right. stuff. And here are right. the forensic people, and they find splatters on, you know, one one little mini-blind they find a little drop mm-hmm. or something. Right. So that would mean um, that actually that that drop could be that the perpetrator was cut and the drop maybe doesn't belong to the victim. Maybe it belongs to the killer. Hmm. And, wow. you know, the people that go in and clean up like that, they have to be aware of what they are doing, what they're seeing. And most of them do. That is, that is so so interesting right there. And if somebody wanted to go to school for forensic nursing now, I mean, how long would it take them to go to school um, to get that? There, well, first of all, you need a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. That's a four-year program. Um, I mean, because there's, there's two-year programs and four-year programs. And then um, the International Association of Forensic Nurses, um, uh, you can look it up online. I 
don't remember where they're located now. I think in Maryland, I'm not positive. But they will have a list of schools and places you can get training. Um, you can go and get a master's in forensic nursing at a few schools, not many yet. Um, but and you can also take independent classes, too. Seem like the, seem like law enforcement would offer a, a class through their program. Well, I don't know if they do or not, but I haven't heard anything like that. Well, I don't want to give them no ideas either. <laughs> well, what yeah, we need to give them credit so that they can do something. <laughs> we need to help them understand well. again. That's why that's why I wrote the book in plain English for people to understand what we do. Well, yeah, they need to understand how important that your work is, and I guess, like you said, in the larger cities that you know they do, it's just the smaller ones. Yeah, in the larger cities, they said it. It you know, um, they're more likely to um, be able to find something like that, but in in the smallest in smaller towns, you know, a person does not have to be a medical exam, or even have any medical um, uh, training to be a coroner in some of the smaller areas. Um, They could be a hardware store owner, funeral director. Um, Many of them don't even understand. Wait, wait, did you say they don't need any training to be a coroner? Many, well, um, each state differs whether or not the coroner has to be elected or is appointed. But because there are so few forensic pathologists, they're mainly in the larger cities, so that um, in a small town, small area, um, the person who is who is taking the job of coroner, which usually does not pay very much, they're given a basement room somewhere and, you know, not much consideration, um, they um, often do not have uh, any real medical training to, you know, to tell the difference between um, oh, this person, what, what is the cause of death here? You know, oh, they're going to write a death certificate. He died of um, a respiratory failure or cardiac arrest. Well, everybody dies of that. <laughs> you know, one time or another, yeah. So, you know, so I mean. That's a catch-all description, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's, it's a matter of understanding uh, what caused the death. That's that's kind of scary too. You can get it is scary. Position without really having any training. In the story that I'm working on right now, um, the person's family had been the coroner for um, years and years in the small town. And he just accepted the job, you know, uh, because it was expected of him. But he really knew nothing. So he didn't get on the job training as he was growing up within the family. Well, I mean, if if his father didn't know anything, you know. <laughs> okay. You know, unless he okay, unless he went to you know, I mean, some people think that because he was he worked in the um, uh, in the fuel industry that he you know uh, was uh, educated, but most of them are not. 
I mean, you can tell when somebody's not breathing. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. That was funny, Miss Stevens. If his father yeah. didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've got to understand where people are coming from. That is so true. That That is so true. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Absolutely. <laughs> and you have to look and see where is this information coming from. That's scary, too. Uh-huh. It It is. It is. And that people, you know, people do, um, they trust everything that the coroner says um, without um, even seeing if it's really valid or not. So between your, your 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 books and your personal appearances and your, your your script writing and stuff, you're a very busy woman. Uh yeah, I'm busy. I'm often busy. Yes. Uh, basically, as I said, I'll write almost whatever my agent gets me. Well, we're gonna be looking for a series pretty soon. God willing, <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears, as they say. <laughs> and, and I hope God that'll happen soon. And I'm dying to play an attorney on somebody's murder, mystery. Oh, well, it's, uh, maybe. Maybe. One never knows. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> my friends at LinkedIn are going to know for sure what happens. <laughs> Dude, I don't. It's just, a, you know, you just kind of. Make sure you let us know as well, too, so we can definitely get the word out. And I also want to say at this time for our listeners who just joined us and just got joined the show a little late, you can hear the show in its entirety shortly after it's over. And uh, if you'd like to ask Ms. Stevens a question now, just press number one on your phone, and I'm sure she'll answer it for you. Just, just I will answer the best uh, I can. Uh, yeah, just don't ask her uh, what's the best poison for your significant mm-hmm. other or nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't ask that one. Um, people might be, one of my books, because I do teach writing, um, one of my books, as you said, the ultimate writer's workbook for books and scripts. And they can see more by going to my website, which is SeritaStevens.com, um, or it's also available on Amazon as well. Definitely got to get a copy. I'm not sure if we have one or not already, but I know I'm gonna have to check it out. Not gonna steal any ideas from you, Miss Stevens. That's okay. Well, you know, I I tell my students we can all be writing a story about four people in a room, and each story is going to be different because um, it's the characters who they are and what they want that really matters in the story. What's their emotional? What are we being? How are we getting the reader to want to continue reading? And these are things that are really important. Right. Well, tell us, uh, uh, Ms. Stevens, how do we not become a victim? Okay, well, um, you do not, you, you, by, by looking where you are, being aware of things, not reading your um your iPhone or your or your text your pad as you're walking down the street especially when you're in a, a neighborhood that has a, an updated neighborhood 
um, any place. You you have to be aware of what's called situational awareness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's called situational awareness. Um, you know, be aware of where you parked. Be aware that you know your stuff is um, under the seat of your car rather than on top of your um, on, on the driver's side. Um, be aware of of landmarks around, um, and walk with a, a friend or something like that if you can. Um, and if something does happen. Again, try and take as much information as you can. The sights, the senses. Does he smell? Does he say something differently? Does, is there something different about his clothing? Um, anything you can remember is usually going to be helpful. Um, and, again, as I said, if, if the worst comes and you're not and you are raped, um, try to um, get to the hospital as soon as you can and not change clothes. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. What should they do not to destroy whatever? Right, they don't. They don't want to destroy any evidence. They don't want to change clothes. They don't want to take a shower. Um, You want, you know, there might be bruises on your body that'll appear a couple days later. That might not appear when you're at the hospital immediately. Um, You know, your clothes. You know, if if let's say you're forced to give somebody um, a blowjob, there will be semen maybe still in your mouth that they can um, do tests on. There might be stuff on your underwear. That You know, there might be stuff. There's transfer evidence, too. So let's say he were, he had a dog, and maybe the dog wasn't with him that night, but he but this guy owns a um, German Shepherd, let's say, the rapist, and, he, and there's hairs on his clothing, you know, that from, from his dog that transfers over to the victim. Just by being aware of that, um, you know, they can help trace them down. Thank God. That's so important, that, and especially women. They should be a little bit more aware of their surroundings and stuff. Because I can see if a woman is attacked, the first thing they want to do is get clean, you know. Exactly. They, you know, they feel like they, they want to clean themselves up, and, and mm-hmm. that could definitely just... And they also want to blame themselves, too. They they feel it was their fault, or, or other people will tell them, you know, your dress was too short, you know, you drank too much. Well, yeah, they shouldn't have drunk too much. And, but, you know, as far as dress being short, you know, that's, you know, that's really ridiculous because if somebody wants, if somebody's into rape, rape is not a love thing. Rape is a power and rage thing. You know, if somebody got in their mind to rape you, I don't see how that would matter much what you had on if that's what they were. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, you you know you've people will take it that many people, many of the rapists will look for opportunities. She's walking alone. You know, have your keys out when you when you're. You know, and you can even have your keys out with them pointing like, like as a weapon in between your knuckles if you're walking. Um, try to park under the lights. Um, things like that. And not park an isolated park of a parking lot. Yeah, and if you're doing that, you know, be sure, again, you remember where you are. Have somebody walk with you. whatever reason, why do people like to lock their cars up? They leave a lot of stuff sitting on their front seat. I know. My daughter does that all the time, and I yell at her for it. But, you know, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to me. 
you know, it's like asking for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the kids think nothing is ever going to happen to them. They're asking. Well, I thought thought that too, Miss Stevens, the last week. Somebody hit my bank account, you know. Oh, no, really? Oh, my God. I thought it would never happen to me also because you see it on TV. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it ain't going to never happen to me, but it did. Wow, wow. Well, actually, I I got involved with one of the Nigerian scams many years ago. Because I foolishly believed that they actually wanted wanted a spa that I was selling from my backyard that the people before me had left, and I cashed the check, and then I ended up having to pay because they disappeared, <laughs> and I yeah. should have known better. Yeah, I should have known better. Nigerians are known for that. Oops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I should have known better, but I didn't. Oh wow! I didn't know better. Um, I know. I, you know, again, I thought it's never going to happen to me. I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they go to hey, look, they go to school for that one right there, and and, I'm and sure the they money do. orders. Yeah. And, right. And oh the yeah. Bad, fake the fake money orders and stuff. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, yep. Boy. So, I mean, there's a lot of people, things that people can do to protect themselves. They just have to be aware of what's around them and what's happening. Mm. At all times. At At all times. At all times, especially especially right now. uh, uh, Oh, gosh. Yeah, everything is going crazy. I saw the movie Detroit the other day. Oh, my God, that was so sickening. What happened? Wow. Have you seen it? I have not seen No, not yet, not yet. Oh, it Let's will. We're it down will. to the last, like, a minute. Yeah, we're down to the last Okay, does anybody have any questions? And I definitely, definitely want to thank you for coming to join. And uh, tell, us your, tell us your website again really quick. www.sarita, S-E-R-I-T-A, Stevens, S-T-E-V-N-S.com. Got it. And uh, the show will be available again, like I said, a few moments earlier. In a couple minutes, you can get it everywhere around the world. You can get it in its entirety if you want to miss something. And reach out to Miss Stevens, get her book. If you didn't get something and you need some more information, you can get in contact with us at worldmovement.com. And I'm always happy on. to answer questions as much as I can to the best of my ability. Except for that one question I told you guys not to ask her. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't we don't want to say you learn how to get away with murder on this show. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Well, you've been fantastic, Miss Davis, and thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. As a, I'm always happy to help. Okay, and we will be reaching out for you again shortly, believe that. Okay. All right. I'll keep you posted about anything happening. Thank you so very much. Okay. Need to talk about, we'll talk about our shows, too, a little bit. Okay. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting. 
but check it out. I'ma put it down like this so I can help you things understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the kitchen five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you doubt for me, I was still tripping. Now, how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach, huh? But after him who was able to possess your father's by his glory, struggle might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, the point is, was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. 